All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello, buddies. Welcome to Barn Burner. It's yet another edition in our long-form, sit-down, conversational visit um, BS-type series of uh, interviews, I guess, if you want to call it that, as we are here in the Tower Chrysler Studios, Tower Chrysler, Southern Alberta's number one, voted number one, a favorite among all of them. And there's a bunch of them. And these guys are number one, as chosen by you. And who am I to argue with you, the good people? That take in this podcast we appreciate you we are sitting down today and we've broken it out over uh, three three segments because it was another one of those things we sat down with a friend of the show a guy that's been buddies for a long time and one thing leads to another and the next thing you know you're well over an hour I'll break it up for you is what we're going to do for you today it is matt stajan he of course the ontario boy Drafted by the Leafs, plays for the Leafs. Oh, Cinderella story, Cinderella story. Uh, but there are some some twists and turns along the way, as we'll find out from Matt. The trouble is you'll have a hard time finding anyone with a bad thing to say about Matt's stage, and it's really... Um, it's frustrating, actually, when people are as nice as Matt. It makes you feel terrible about yourself, or at least I feel terrible, but I feel terrible about myself. It's not Matt's fault. Anyway, moving on. Um, lots to get through. Everyone's got a story, and Matt has a compelling one to share. Highlights, tragedy, all of it. And we're going to get into it over uh, the course of this interview as Rhett and I sat down with Matt. Uh, in a way, we start with segment one in present day. 
before we start to go back, Matt has been the assistant coach, one of the assistants for the Calgary Hitman for a couple of years, getting behind the bench, dipping his toe in the coaching pool. He's going to kind of take more of a skills development coach kind of a role, won't be traveling, won't be quite as involved, but will still be there on uh, a very regular basis with the Calgary Hitman. Uh, no more five-star hotels, no charter flights, it's life on the bus, that sort of thing. Like uh, all of a sudden back in Belleville for Matt Stage and enough of me babbling, right? Let's get to it. This is a good one. You're going to like it. We sit down with Matt Stage and it starts now. Retirement looks good on you. You look younger now than you did when you were playing. How does that work? Uh... Not many people say that, but lots of color in your face. You look healthy, <laughs> Matt Stage. Looking all right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well. Stem cells. You're doing stem cells, <laughs> injections. You got like all kinds of. No, keep it does cleaner. Does the body I guess. feel better or worse? No, the body does not feel better. Um, but I, I, I've been trying to take care of myself, so I. But for sure, you're starting it. Like I'll go play baseball with my kid throw the ball around like your shoulders <laughs> what hurt when, uh, when you, i'm trying to remember if you had anything major when you were playing was there things that were individual things that stood out i mean we all get bumped around but yeah i was i was fortunate i had a ton of concussions but my memories if you ask my wife isn't always there but uh <laughs> honestly i i was pretty lucky i had both mcl's shoulders but i never had like a major yeah. surgery high ankle um, it's all just kind of wear and tear like, like everybody has. So I can't, I can't complain when I, when I see some of the other guys. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm turning 40 in December. So, uh, oh, it's they, all downhill. They, that's what they say. It'll be, uh, it'll be a fun decade. They say, yeah, don't listen to us with, uh, 40 is <laughs> the new 70 or whatever it is. But no, I, you know, I was going to ask you because I, I know just kind of getting ready for this looking, there was a couple of years there where, leg injury, high ankle or whatever it was, you, you're, you're healthy. And then you had some struggles to stay healthy. And then you near the end, you're actually all right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what, why that was. They were kind of, my injuries were always, when I did get hurt, I was very good not pulling stuff or everybody has some strains, but when I missed time, it was either like a knee on knee hit mm -hmm. and I tore my MCL or going to the boards funny you get a high ankle sprain shoulders happen you get hit funny um but yeah I, I honestly I think I got smarter as I got older too with the way I trained and a lot of my training in the off season was about injury prevention um and just making sure that you you get through a season as opposed to um just getting as strong as you can and then you know you get these huge injuries how much did training change over the course of your career big time big time like now it's all agility and um power and just the way like when we went and you were you would have been even worse you know, worse but like my first junior training camp like go lift 225 pound dumbbell or bench press yeah. i couldn't do it once like i could barely do you know a, a you know a bar on each side a, a weight on each side so it changed the biggest thing is the warm-up like yeah you do it's, well. it's like a 45 minute plyometric warm-up to get yourself ready just to do your your um weights now and and that's every day and that's just how it's how it changed where back in the day it was just like you get right into it yeah. you know a couple minutes stretch ready to go <laughs> let's go do some sprints 
fans don't appreciate that, right? Because we, we sit here and we'll watch. And it just popped into my head about Lucic. Well, you know, he doesn't fight anymore. How come they don't play? You get older, you become a little less inclined to want to do that sort of thing. And the guys you're fighting or going up against, they are still in, they're getting younger or staying in their early 20s. It's getting older happens a lot earlier, it seems like. It, it, it's, it's a young man's game right now. Yeah, well, Gio is the oldest guy in the league this year, was he not? I got, and he's 39. So I'm like, when we when I first came in, like I had probably three or four. Oh, I probably had like six or seven on Toronto in their late 30s to 40s on yeah. my team. Now you see, I don't think there's any 40 year olds in the league. So it's yeah, what like were you 32? Around 32 when when you were done? Nope, 34. Okay, in the NHL, and then I played sure. one year in overseas, yeah. but. Now, if you're 30, you're they make you feel ancient. Yeah. In the game, Part of so. that is how good the kids are too, though, right? Like their kids coming up at 18, they're going to jump in and be productive. For sure. Well, it's such a fast game and those yeah. kids are faster, right? It's just, you just slow down as you get older and the kids are coming in faster. The hard part is the, the brains, right? Those young kids come in and they don't think the game or they, they take a while to learn or some never, never learn, but that's that's the biggest difference, but the game's so fast. So you're gonna take a player that's making league minimum or on their entry level that can skate and hope that he can adjust to that NHL game thinking it. So that that's how it changed as you know, I'm just happy I got my last but deal you're four right. years. When we started, you hardly did a warm up and you'd watch yeah. some guys would do it, and you're like, What are you doing? Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so true. And yeah. now probably a lot of the guys' warm ups are like you said, forty-five minutes. Like the warm-up is the biggest piece of the of the whole day. It is, and and everybody on you always see like, oh, the guys are playing soccer before, but that's just a part of you know getting yourself moving. And then there's so much more that goes in, and everybody has their own routine. So game day is different for everybody. You still have the odd guy who who plays soccer and then um, goes and gets his coffee and then goes right to his stall and gets ready. And but. And you look at those guys and I look at the guys that did that, like their careers were shorter, like, because they would eventually get an injury or things would start um, bugging them. So, and there's like way more medical guys now, like everybody's getting, you know, fixed up before the game, you know, there's Kairos and masseuses and everybody has their routine. Like back in the day, there was one guy for the whole team. If you're a young guy, you're not even touching maybe get to you yeah if no one else has any like if there's no hangnails yeah you can maybe come in this room and even then it was what were you gonna get when you went in the room yeah a bag of ice and what do you want me to do for you and you're gonna get chirped by by all the the old abuse like back ed jovanoski my rookie year in florida was playing 20 minutes plus a night like and kicking ass and it was late in the year and we've got home late. We were on a road trip. Got home late, landed. So it was an optional skate the next morning. And Jovo took the option. And before practice started, the coaches had called him and said, who in the do you think you are? Get yeah, your yeah. ass down here. So, yeah, you weren't allowed to, to take days off or sit in the training room. No. There was nothing to do in the training room anyway. Nowadays, there's yeah, you get things like that you can, and they yeah. and they cur- encourage you to take days off now. They, yeah. they don't want guys to skate. So you're around the junior game. For those that don't know, Stage is assistant coach with the Calgary Hitman. 
how i guess in that vein how different is it how different are the guys i mean i've got a i've got boys who are teenagers i mean teenage boys are dumb i just wonder for, <laughs> from from the kids themselves like you say the brains hockey and otherwise and just the game and all that the strategy and all that how has it changed from what from your belleville days yeah it's well it's completely different um just well the, the boys are still boys they're teenagers and you know you're you're dealing with with ultimately 23 kids yeah but um you know the they have everything at their fingertips and i don't think they realize that it's just um they're still young and um but they get video like they get breakdown of every shift if they want to see us and junior like there was none of that like it was the bcr switch we you know would rarely do video um and then there's just even an intermission like we can as coaches bring the kids into the room and show them clips like this is or put it in the dressing room for the team to see this is the adjustment we need to make um so it's it's just the, the biggest thing, you know, the, the hockey part's the hockey part, like the, the whole hockey world's um, transformed and, you know, everything's at your fingertips. It's, it's how you deal with the kids and, and you're starting to see it in the NHL because it's become younger and younger. It's how, how do you get these kids to be the best they can be? And, and a lot of them you have to be hard on, but there's also a fine line because you don't want them to shut down. So it's, it's finding that balance and every kid's different. And uh, it's a learning process for coaches. Like you can, uh, some kids need to, you know, be told and held accountable, like all the time. Yeah. And then some, you have to kind of ease your way in and otherwise they, they just shut down. So that's, that's the biggest difference where back in the day it was, you didn't, weren't doing something right. You were getting reamed right away. Your coaches were breaking sticks, putting them in your face. Like I remember you were getting sat out if, if you did things that you weren't supposed to, it was just ruthless back then. And, um, that's the way. I was brought up in my time and Rhett would have been. And um, now you can't do that. And it's sometimes I think the kids need that, but you know, you just, you just can't, you have to go about a different way. You've always talked about video and I think some of us kind of tongue in cheek and, you know, you laugh about spending too much time in the video, but I wonder iPads on the bench and having so much video, are you seeing the kids, especially at, at in junior, to show them what, whether the mistake or whatever it was, are they able to then compute that and then apply it on the ice? Or is it just kind of, okay, I see what I did wrong. And then they, well, you did it again. I have, I'll show you a second time or a third time. I just wonder with, there's so much video. Is it actually working on the ice in, in a short amount of time, like during a game? Uh, it should like, that's where you learn about the kids and honestly, their hockey sense, yeah. like the, the video, like, cutting it isn't the best to do like it's you got you have to do it and it's a good way but it's such a good tool to teach because they can see themselves and then you can hold them accountable like look what you did and you show them and you hope that they can apply what you're teaching them but it's the kids who are coachable that will grasp that and yeah. go out there and, and you'll see the adjustments and then the kids that keep making this mistakes over and over you're kind of in the back of your head i don't know if this kid's going to be able to to make it and adjust to where he needs to be because every you level show, you want to show him that you know we don't need to show that kid. that's not gonna do that. <laughs> it happens like there's times where we showed kids the same thing over and over yeah. and then it's like maybe we just we'd sit with this one now him on the head yeah, yeah but, try harder but the game it, it's such a read and react game so yeah. you know the video you can stop and you can show things but you also have to understand it's a fast game so it that's the the part with the players like we know it's faster but 
you're going to get better and go to the next level. It's going to get faster and faster. So you got to process what we're teaching you, you know, while the pressure's on, while you have the puck, while your teammates are getting open for you, you got to process all that. So like, we're just showing you and you got to take it and, and be better with it. Like that's, that's just kind of what you do when you're showing systems, like where it's the whole five man unit, you show them to the team. That's something we hope while well, we do, we show the team, but the players can hold each themselves yeah. accountable you know you got to rely it's not a one-man sport like a centerman needs their winger to be in a certain area you know you need to support the puck so there's all these different factors and um you know when back in the day it was not like that at all you know coaches were getting information from other coaches they're calling what do these guys do or now we can actually watch who we're playing and see tendencies and then pass that information on um and you hope that the players can the good players do take that in and um, not the good players, but the smart players. And yeah, then yeah. the other ones are kind of, uh, it's, it takes time and sometimes they never get it. And that's why you, you'll never make it to the next level. That's, that's the truth. Village Honda is a proud supporter of Barnburner. You can find them in the Northwest auto mall or check them out online at villagehonda.com. Village Honda has got new Hondas arriving daily. Drive away in your new Honda from Village Honda, your dealership for life in the Northwest auto mall and at villagehonda.com. The Hearing Loss Clinic has been helping change people's lives for the better since 1993. At the Hearing Loss Clinic, it's never been about hearing impairment. It's been about empowering you to be socially active, more connected with those around you, and confident in every aspect of your life. People of any age can suffer from hearing loss, and studies have shown that serious health risks have been linked to untreated hearing loss. They have nine locations to serve you, four in the city of Calgary. Make a healthy choice and book an evaluation today at hearingloss.ca. Do you find that the kids are coaching my old is 14 and kids like that? The skill level is staggeringly good, like stunningly good. But the hockey sense isn't always there. Like I'm almost wondering if like the skills that they're learning, second to none, best it's ever been. But what we've forgotten to do is teach them how to play the game. 100%. And at, at the junior level, you hope that they have that. And that's kind of one thing, you know, we talked about as coaches is these kids coming up, their individual skill is better than any of probably what yeah. my skill was in the NHL. Like you see what these kids can do. I'm mm -hmm. like, but they don't know where to be. And that like the give and goes like that. That's one thing we talk about every day. Give and goes. You, you're not going to stick handle through five guys. You it's need to, good. you need to give and go. You need to find space. You need to pass and jump to space. And they don't teach that very well in minor hockey. You, it's kind of luck of the draw. Who your coaches in minor hockey goes a long way. And and then because we try and teach at the junior level, but it's competitive. Like you're already you don't have at, a bunch of time to put in exactly. And, and as coaches, you're going to play the players that you can know are, can do it. So it's a it's and you can't emulate a game. You can do game like stuff, small area games, but um, part of the issue though too is sorry the. You can sign a kid up for a skills session. Yeah. There's not a lot of parents that are going to pay to have a give and go session. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of guys out there yeah. that have these unbelievable skill session skates and this and that. And they teach the guys, you toe drag and you're going through, you're zipping it all around the ice. And it's, it's again, yeah. it's why the kids are so skilled nowadays, but they've put so much into that. We've forgotten. I talk about it all the time on this show since when did the front of the net become a shitty area for a defenseman to stand in and recover 
right? Like they got guys, they, they, they leave the front of the net open. All I'm like, where in the H are you going? Oh yeah. Like what? what? Yeah. Where are we going? Somebody be in front, please. But yeah. the, the point being, yeah. they forget to teach hockey and they teach skill. It, uh, yeah. And like, we're even coaching like my eight year old now and th that team, like the skill is, is there. It's yep. the, it's the passing and the give and goes in the hot and you're trying to, so we're trying to teach them habits away from just your solo skill so that when you're older, you're going to be ahead of everybody. And it's, it's just a thing. And, and you're seeing it at the NHL level guys are making it there. Like it's taken Sam Bennett a while when he came to the flames, he was very, you know, sporadic and yeah. could skate and was great at what he did, but he was a hard guy to play with for guys who would play with them. And, um, and he slowly, you know, has, has, um, learned, but it took some time. So it's, it's, it's a thing. And realistically, the re the reason is because they all go onto Instagram and they see these yeah, highlights and, and it looks cool. And, and, but like the old story is like, we'll have a kid on our team with the hitman. He'll toe drag in his own end. He'll be the last guy back and get around a guy and the whole bench will be like, Oh, what a play. And we're like, no, that's so unnecessary because <laughs> if that gets poked away, it's it's a yeah. grade A scoring chance. Like it's just the process, but they're more worried about like that's gonna be, I can put that on my Instagram and it's gonna get <laughs> likes. And and I'm like, okay, well, that's not gonna yeah. get you to the next level. So it's it's just getting through to them, but they're boys, right? So it's hard. So for you getting into coaching, uh it's just stage yeah that's he seems like a guy that would be a be a good coach and that would be a natural for you it's another thing to commit i think i think i was talking to you right when you just so are you doing all just home games or are you going it's like no if if you're in you're all in so it's it's not for the money it's about the love of the game and be around the guys but it's also getting back on the bus and it's hotels and it's not totally glamorous and it's it's not not you don't need to do that. What's it been like for you to get back on those buses and Prince George and those trips into the U S yeah. It, well, yeah. The hardest part is, is the commitment. Like now having kids at an age where I, I want to coach them and help them. That's the hardest part. Um, but I've learned so much the last two years, just being on the other side. And it's, it's just learning the business. Like in junior, you're kind of right there seeing how everything operates. You know, it's not an NHL team. So you have, you know, um, Trent, the other assistant that does a lot of the meal prep and hotel yeah. stuff. Like there's, there's not someone, there's not a, an OB to do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like Where's the so, team service guy. Yeah. So he'll, he'll the odd time. I'm like, yeah, give me a few restaurants to call, but he does the majority of it. And I try and help out, but it's, uh, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed a lot of it. Um, but it's just the commitment that's the hardest part. And Being away decision. from the family. Exactly. And we talk about it all the time. Yeah. And and yeah. I was, who was I talking recently? I'm like, a lot of the guy, and I'm the, whatever people want to think of this, but a lot of the guys who are like committed right away after their career, and it might not be true in a fact, but I'm like, a lot of them have all daughters. A lot of the guys who write in and it's true. Like they, they, because that's their way to get away from. You know that's what they're used to. They get it's not even get away. Sorry, I'm not get stop away, you there because I'm the same way, and yes. I've seen it lots too. Where, but it's like you just said, you want to coach your eight year old son yes. who's playing hockey because you feel like you can actually contribute in that. Where if I had a daughter and they can play whatever sport they want, but if they're not into hockey and they're into dance, exactly, yeah, I'm not helping. Yeah, 
exactly. No, it's, right, it's exactly. true. And, and the mother is just naturally more inclined to want to be involved in that. So it's just, it's, it's yeah. how yeah, it goes. So I'm kind of at a stance of what I want to do. Cause it's like, okay, if I want to commit to this coaching, you got to commit. And if you want to build your way up to the next level or wherever you want to get to, or it's commitment, like there's years a, and years. There's a spot down the street. Here <laughs> yeah. Just open up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's the, like, do you, do you put it on hold for a bit? Do you wait till your kids are older? But I, I love the coaching. Actually, Reggie said to me when I retired, that was his advice to me. He's like, you'll, you'll never find the competition we had in the NHL in life anywhere like the top level of what we do we're never going to be able to relive that as as you know professional athletes that are now retired so how you get that back you really can't like men's league you can't you know it just doesn't happen but um coaching and and maybe being in management and have being a part of a team you get a little bit of that back you feel the fire again but um it's not the same as playing but it's as close as you're going to get and i've enjoyed that part of it especially this year with the team and going to playoffs and preparing and like you get into it big time like you get into it coaching your eight-year-old kids so it's just <laughs> you know that's the only way we can uh well, I don't know what we, we can so you know it's oh man it's and I, i'm not don't need to speak for you i feel like Rhett and i have spent hours talking about that for from his perspective you miss it's not about oh i want to win a cup i mean yeah of course but it's you miss that the camaraderie of the boys the competition and then there's the pull of well, I want to see, it's my kid's game. That's a, he's got a big game tonight. Yeah. Kind of want to be there. It's that there's, you, you almost can't have both. And it's the pull in those directions. that ultimately is the hardest thing. It is. It is. And it's, you know, I, I, it's how you yeah. figure that out. Like your kids are only in that age gap for so long. Right. So we'll see. I'm, I'm that we're, we're kind of trying to figure that out for myself and with me and my wife and, um, but I always see myself in the game, so I don't, and I'll be involved with the hitmen and we'll see, uh, what kind of commitment this yeah. fall brings. So, um, but it's been, it's been really good. I've learned a lot from, from the staff with the hitmen. So for you, you're one of the guys I got to admit, I'm kind of surprised is in Calgary. You were saying you're building a house. This is home. Toronto guy played in Toronto, family in Toronto. It just felt like. Not, not that you were, you know, you came to Calgary and we'll talk about your career as a flame, but it just seemed like that's, you're an Ontario guy. Why are you here? How did, how did it all come to be that this has been home for you and your wife? Well, yeah, well, we're, we're Albertans now. So, <laughs> you know, a big thing was, well, once our kids were born, you know, that you always have a connection here, but just, we were here for so long, like it ended up being eight years when, when we went overseas and then we came back and we have conversations. And at first we were leaning towards probably moving back to Ontario and then, um, and then we'd go visit and, um, it's great to see everybody. And that's the hardest part is, is the, another, you know, pulling each yeah. direction with family. Like, um, but every time we go back, it just, we have a condo in Toronto, um, where we could stay and, and we enjoy our time there, but it's so busy. It's like, it's it's just so busy there like you like the you, pace of life the or pace, your the personal both family. like like both and yeah. and it'd be nice to just hop in the car and go see grandma and grandpa like we would love that to go see you know our brothers and and, and sisters and and nieces and nephews yeah. um but just the lifestyle out there just go 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 and that's all we knew when i played in toronto i grew up in toronto we were in ontario and then coming out here it was like 
we finally started staying out here in the summers. We'd go back for three weeks and stay here most summer. We're like, this is awesome. And then you start going to the mountains and then you see some of the, you know, you're lucky enough to get a lot now that you see the mountains. You're like, oh, this would be a nice place to to live and yeah. you know, build your your dream home and and raise your kids. And um it's a different style of big time, right? Like it's a different yeah. lifestyle. It's it, yeah, it's a huge different lifestyle. We just enjoyed it here and we just made the and COVID happened. Mm -hmm. So a lot of thinking during that and during COVID, you're stuck at home. Um, and there's so much to do here. And kept going back, what would we be doing if we were living in Ontario? Call Peter Klein at McLeod Law at 403-254-3864 or go online at mcleod-law.com. You can also find them on social media at McLeod Law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. LLP. You know Peter Klein at McLeod Law, personal injury guy, but also he's the go-to guy in the city for your disability insurance claims. If your long-term disability insurance company is refusing to pay insurance benefits to you, Contact Peter. He's going to help you out. He'll get you the disability benefits you paid for and you deserve. He'll get you your peace of mind back, the peace of mind you paid for. It's time to discover or rediscover the legendary St. Eugene Golf Resort and Casino. Planning a golf trip, a romantic getaway, or maybe just some tranquility away from the city? St. Eugene is the answer. Hotel, championship golf course, casino, spa, restaurants, all of it nestled in the spectacular Rocky Mountains and just minutes outside of Cranbrook, BC. Visit their website, steugene.ca, and experience the history and heritage of the St. Eugene Golf Resort and Casino. And it's interesting because you were a guy that you grew up there and then started your career there. It's not like somebody who's from small town, yeah. you know, Saskatchewan, yeah. and then it's like plopped into downtown yeah. Toronto. That hustle and bustle was kind of part of your upbringing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think if we did move back to Ontario, I think we'd have no problem adjusting. Sure. Um, we just, uh, we put the positive negatives uh, to each situation and we just 
we like it out here and our plan is to just go visit like hop on a flight if we want to see family we go for three four days and we go at christmas or key times and, and in the summer and we still get to see everybody and they can come visit us so that, that's kind of where we're at and what we decided on and um it just feels like home here and i'll tell you the truth yeah. like it we go back to Toronto. It doesn't feel like home anymore for us. Our kids were born here. This is, this is uh, where our family really started um, when we got married and, and everything. He was the Toronto darling, very much Mississauga so. boy <laughs> playing in playing his hockey in Toronto, and then the draft is in Toronto, and the Leafs draft the Toronto yeah. boy. It was it was a Cinderella, a fairy tale story for yeah. you. You're, what do you remember? Did you did you feel like the Leafs were on you? as like, you had a good feeling about them because they took Alex Steen in round one. Did you think there was a chance you'd get into that round one or how did that draft? And did you want to go there? <laughs> well, I was a huge Leaf fan okay. growing up. So I was, I was excited, but I did not have one interview with the Leafs. And during that, you know, I went to the combine. I was ranked 18th my draft year um, in North America. So I thought maybe I'd sneak into the first round, you know, maybe early second, but I just kept sliding. My interview process was probably terrible. I was also scrawny teenager. I wasn't (laughs) the biggest guy. And, uh, yeah, I just kept dropping. And I was like, and you'd see guys in your league that go and you're like, okay, like this is now I'm depressed. Yeah. Now you get a little bit rattled and, um, back then there was a big signing bonuses. So every round you went later, there's a big chunk of money, you know, when you're 20 years old. So, you know, you wait and wait. And then late second round, yeah, the Toronto took me out of the, out of nowhere. Like I had not one, didn't even send me a package to like fill out, you know, questionnaire or anything. It was, they just, they drafted me and, you know, what their player development guy at the time I played with his kids. So they kind of knew of my family. So I think that had a big part of it. Um, but I guess they had me ranked right after Alex Steen. So if he had gone earlier, they were going to take me in the first round from from what they told yeah. me after. So they were happy to get me, and and I was I was really happy to be there at the time, and I loved my time there. Like I thought it was so cool playing for for that franchise. Um, it just was it was a tough time though. Like we had a little success in the playoffs my first year, and then the lockout happened, and it was just that salary cap came in thirty nine million. You trade all your older guys and we just weren't we didn't have any elite prospects tell you the truth we didn't have a well because the Leafs had traditionally paid for guys once they got to free agency exactly. they're one of the teams that could go and yeah. get them so yeah. it was, and a, they, it and was they, a different way of building exactly. and that's what they were starting to do in the late 90s and yeah I think you you would have played them with Buffalo in the conference final there and yeah they'd bring guys in and Gilney was there like I got to play one year with all those guys like five six Hall of Famers and then all of a sudden it was like okay like they went a different direction. We'd miss the point. We missed the playoffs by a point three years in a row uh, through that time. So you weren't getting a high-end draft pick and you were missing the playoffs. It was kind of looking back, it sucked. You're playing meaningful hockey, but it would have been nice to maybe get a Sidney Crosby yeah. early yeah. there and build build within that way. But hey, you can't control that. You control every shift you play and it's the old saying, but it's true. And then you're just a number, right? Right? Like if, if, if there's a situation where they can move on from you and bring in someone they think's better fit um that's the way it was but i was i honestly felt like matt sandin left we did not have any leadership in that room because all the older guys had gone um thomas caberlet he's he's kind of a mute like he's a very quiet guy could couldn't really speak you know, like he was our veteran guy who had been there for a while and nick antropov who was 
you know? So like, I felt like I was taken, I took on a big leadership role when Sundin left or there. You're 21, 22. Yeah. And I was young and, but I, I learned, but I was the guy I was talking to the media for a few years. I'd be the one getting into it with Ron Wilson and, you know, and it was, but I loved it. Like it was, it was great. Just, we weren't a good team. Like we, we just didn't have the skill. Um, and the team that that could go anywhere. So I knew changes were coming and then I was becoming a UFA and uh, yeah, just like that, you're gone. Yeah. Well, you had that wild start because wasn't it in a span of like five days, you're in Belleville, St. John's, Toronto, you, you finished juniors. I'd love to play in the NHL someday. You didn't know it was going to be later that week. What, What was that? How did that all work? Your season ends with Belleville and then it's yeah. a roller coaster. It, it was, it was, and it was a blur because so you lose in junior right after you lose in the playoffs in junior, it's like party city. Yeah. Um, and we all had Mohawks. So like we're rolling around small town Belleville. And then my agents, like they want to sign you and bring, they want you to go to St. John's to play a few games for the end of the year. Um, so obviously not going to turn that down. It's so you, you party for a couple of days and then you're on a flight to, St. John's and they had a game Friday, but they weren't making the playoffs. So I wasn't, I was only going out for one game. So they flew me out there for one game and that was their last game. So after that game, they had their year and stuff. So we're on, we're on <laughs> George street. Just, you know, I'm out with like Mark Morrow and all these older guys and they're just feeding me drinks. And you know, the young guy just came up. Um, so it was a night and I honestly, the Leafs played the next day at Saturday at home. It's the last game of the year. They made the playoffs, but every no one wants to play that game. None of the veterans did. And uh, I didn't even have a cell phone. That, or maybe I did, but I had a message on my hotel room from uh, Mike Penny, who was the assistant GM, but basically because Pat yeah. Quinn was the GM coach. And he, I missed his call in the morning. Like I was, you're out all night. And then I woke up at like 11 and he's, I had to call him. I just got the message. He's like, you got to catch this flight. We missed the 11 o'clock flight. You're, you're catching this two o'clock flight, St. John's time, hour and a half time change. And he's like, jump on this flight. There's a chance you're playing for the Leafs tonight, depending on one of the older guys, if they want to play. So I like rush out of there. I get as much sleep as I can on the plane and uh, land in Toronto. I landed at five o'clock for a seven o'clock Saturday night game. So I, I didn't get to the ACC until like, Probably I was, I remember walking in with my hockey bag. I had my shaved head. You could see a red Mohawk still in, in my shaved head. Like I had a huge scar on my face from getting stitches and junior playoffs. And there's people, all the people coming to the game already. And it was in the club level. So you see all these suits and you walk in and yeah, the guy, as soon as I walked in, their trainer grabbed my equipment, set it upside at bell for, he wasn't playing that night. And I just had to go get ready. And I was just kind of in awe. Cause I had, Oh, I had, yeah. you know, I went to one training camp with them, I guess, but it was, you know, I was sent down after like two days, three days and, uh, yeah, it, it, it just happened like that. And yeah, I had lots of nights out that week. Yeah. So almost probably better, right. You just kind of, you're on adrenaline and then, uh, score that night. Was it top shelf? Is that yeah, top a, shelf? Yeah. Something like that. It was like red school and, and Phoenix <laughs> or wherever he scored it. <laughs> A turnover by Chris Phillips right in the slot, a pizza yeah. onto the stick of Matt stage, and he beats Martin Krushek for yeah. his first NHL goal. Yeah, lost the face off clean in the neutral zone. <laughs> <laughs> and back then, the center pushed through, right? You never see that anymore. 
and yeah, just it was like it was meant to be. Like I look back at them, like what are the chances? So how many yeah. people are at the game? Family wise, friends wise, it was such a tight, tight, such a tight well, turner. Yeah, like... I, my parents got to go. My grand, my late grandpa got to go, and he he's had his company had season tickets for the Leafs since back in the day. So um, my sister got to go. Like there's probably six or seven, eight family friends, and then actually three of my three or four of my teammates from Belleville were able to go because one of them was uh, Wolf Paymont's son. So they they came with cowboy hats, and they were still on yeah. their week-long bender after the season for Belleville. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, kind of looking back, we lost the game, but I was I had like friends out there party. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the game didn't mean anything, but it was a, it was a memorable week. And, uh, and from there, it just kind of, it gave me honestly confidence. That I could play on that team the next year, which I was able to do. And you did make the playoffs, right? You got into three playoff games yeah. that year. Yeah. So that year we, we traded for Ron Francis, Brian Leach, um, Clark Wilm was, was, he was, but he was in the minors, but he came up for playoffs. Um, and then, you know, we had, we had made a lot of trades. So I went down for one day at the trade deadline for, um, a roster spot and then came right back up and there's no salary cap. So going into the playoffs, I wasn't in the, uh, the top 12 and Owen Nolan had gotten hurt. And then Sundin got hurt, Graham four, uh, in Ottawa. So I got to play games five, six, and seven against Ottawa. And then, uh, the second round came, we were playing Philly and, uh, Pat Quinn said, we're going to put, you know, the more veteran grizzled Clark Willman for you. Um, so and then I, he buried one on a breakaway yes. right into what's his name's chest. Like, <laughs> I remember, yeah. Because he'd been f- battling to get back in the league. Willman. Yeah. And he has this opportunity in the playoffs. I think it was to win the game. You know, it was, it was yeah, uh, I, think, I, I think it was, it was but it would have been a big goal. Yeah, regardless. Game five, yeah. And right, I'm like, oh, here he goes. He's gonna get his chip. Oh, yeah. Bill no, yeah. Wilmer was great though. He and he was on our team the next few years too. Yeah. So, um, but that's just that was that was that experience, and then the lockout happened. So, but honestly, looking at that lockout, I missed. We all missed a full season of NHL hockey. But for me, I got to go to St. John's for a year, play 22 minutes a night, every situation. No, so looking back, I'm like, it was probably really good for my yeah, development. Cool, yeah. Um, where I w- the year before I was playing 12 minutes, 10 minutes, and I don't know how much I would have developed, but my well, it'd have been harder me. too if you'd have gone to training camp and you didn't make it right. Like, you, you assume you're going to, but there's no guarantees with that. So, exactly, you got to go down without feeling the, the, the whatever the sting for sure yeah, yeah the sting of being sent to the minors right yeah. so you go down you're not down in the dumps about it you're like yeah. this is great go play play a bunch exactly yeah and yeah I, and i enjoyed my year in st john's it was awesome so i got to live out east and that year you you beat ottawa they were like president's trophy winners right like that was a yeah. massive upset it, yeah they were the only reason like they out we and we lost our captain so sundin was out but looking back, and I've there was a few games during the lock or during the uh, COVID that they threw like flashback games sure, from yeah. that series, and Ed Belfort was unbelievable. <laughs> like it was like it was like it was the same year Kipper. It was the same season, yeah, yeah. where Kipper was at lights out. Like Eddie was lights out for us in that first round. Like, we had no business. Like every game was like one nothing, two one. Um, that sounds familiar, right? But yeah. well, we had we had a good here. team, but yeah. you need that goaltender. Like outdoor dental is dentistry with no needles, no drills, and no stress. 
Their Salea laser treatment is an excellent solution for people who experience dental phobia. In one to two minutes, you'll be relaxed, comfortable, pain-free, and back onto your day in minutes. Also, Outdoor Dental does snoring treatments. Two 15-minute sessions can increase the tension in the soft palate in the back of your throat, which reduces snoring. It's non-surgical and pain-free. Again, just two 15-minute treatments. Outdoor Dental does snoring treatments as well. Two 15-minute sessions can increase the tension of the soft palate, which reduces snoring. It's non-surgical and pain-free. Also at Outdoor Dental, dental implant treatment can be scary for many, confusing, expensive. They use cutting-edge dental technology to ensure you're happy, healthy, and you'll feel confident in your results. Check them out online. It's Dr. Jay Patel at Outdoor.Dental. Vita Nova is Calgary's lab-grown diamond specialist. They're the only store in Calgary that specializes exclusively in lab-grown diamonds. You know you're getting the largest selection of loose lab-grown diamonds and jewelry in the entire city. Savings from lab-grown diamonds can be as much as 80% off. Visit vinanova.com or check them out in their downtown showroom on the second level of Stephen Avenue Place. What is a lab-grown diamond? Well, lab-grown diamond, simply a diamond that's been grown in a lab. They have the same chemical composition and crystal structure as natural earth mined diamonds due to its identical nature. Lab created diamonds have the same hardness, right? Refraction and pretty much the same as a natural diamond. Only difference they're lab created and referred to as synthetic because they are chemically and physically the same, but are man-made. Be confident knowing you can save up to 80% compared to mine diamonds pretty much across the board. You want a custom design done? Vina Nova can do that as well. Just give them a few weeks of heads up to complete your custom piece. Find out more at vinanova.com. Well, that's so cool from a fan's perspective to think two weeks earlier, you'd be like, man, I I'd love to get a, a ticket to game one or to round one of the playoffs, yeah. except you're on the ice, you're playing. Like that's <laughs> it's just wild to think. Yeah, it, it was like, and I think the Leafs had a lot of, like they traded Brad Boyce for Owen Nolan. So, their prospect pool kind of opened up around my time too. So I was kind of, so me and Alex Steen and Koliakovo kind of were the young guys and uh, gave me more of a shot, I think, at a young age to to find a spot. But they were still reluctant to keep me. Like I remember Pat Quinn, like he just, he had a thing, he liked me. Um, yeah. And um, to make it out of training camp was, I think they put Travis Green on waivers that year to, to open veteran. up a spot for me, a veteran guy and um might be the coach or who knows. Yeah. But yeah, like I think yeah, it was just everybody's way to the NHL is different. You need things to work out, but you gotta take advantage when your chance is there and 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 then make sure you stick. It gets lost on a lot of parents, especially don't realize that, right? You you do this, 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 all the above correctly. You don't get through or take the opening when it's there, if you ever even get that opportunity, yeah. which is no guarantees. So you need a little bit of luck. When that opening happens, you'd better jump yeah. through the door because yeah. it is very quickly being closed by someone else that wants your spot. Yes, and you could say the same in junior. Yeah. Just to be the guy in junior, you better take advantage of that opening to stop. Like when you come in as a 15, 16-year-old in junior, you got to establish yourself and take that opening and then work your way up to be a top guy to then get the opportunity to get drafted and do the same thing at the next level. Cause I, we say it all the time. If you go to, I would NHL training camp or when we're doing our skates before the season, 
anybody in the AHL, like their skill level is just as good as the NHL guys. Like it's other than like McDavid and the world-class best players, like their shot, you'll have a guy who skates fast and stands out in those scrimmages. And then you go to training camp and, you know, you realize when you play the game that the smarts are the, the difference, the offset, I think between the AHL and the NHL guys, but the window's small because there are guys in the AHL that could easily um, swoop in and, and establish himself and play well. It's their job. Put you on the spot. Who's the best player you played with or against that never got a sniff? My D partner won defenseman of the year, Chad Allen drafted, didn't get drafted. Third round to Vancouver, never, never got a minute. Like not one not sniff in the NHL. Yeah, it's a tough question. Because I know a lot of guys like would get like you know one game, a little bit here, a little, little bit, bit here, there, a little but... bit there. Um, but that's a, I don't even know who to answer. I didn't. Like, luckily, I, I was only a little bit in the minors, and a lot of the guys got one game with, with the Leafs well, that I played with. What was the media like dealing with the media in Toronto? It's considered the center of the hockey universe yeah. and it's, you know, you can get overwhelmed by it, even from out in Calgary with how much coverage there is of Leafs. What was it like being there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's over, over the top for sure. You're just first, you know, on sports center. It's always about the Leafs every day. Um, and every day there's media like, in Canada, I think it's it's similar everywhere, mm. but I think Toronto and, and then Montreal with with uh, you know having the Quebec fans and and all that two like, medias yes exactly and English, yeah. you just have way more media in there and so like it's crazy how many people are in the room and I know you'd see it you know at specific times on different teams maybe when you're in Toronto or if you're playing in a Stanley Cup or in a big game there's lots of media but like it's every day. And a lot of those media, it's local media. So they're they're trying to get stories and you know push buttons and just take different angles on everything. So as a as a player, you just gotta give the the answer you want to give. You don't want to be boring, but it's almost a safer way to go. Well, when and, you talk every day, it's hard not to get boring. Or it's it, like, what do you want me to exactly. say? We haven't and, played in two days, and you're asking me the same question. So and everybody has an opinion. It's not even and and then the fans there like. They, especially now, even with social media, it's probably even it's even worse. I bet because you're dealing with that. So, but everybody has an opinion. You go everywhere; everybody has an opinion. But I think in Calgary, it's not. It's just a smaller scale, to tell you the truth. And I feel like the media is pretty fair here, and and in a lot of ways. But Toronto, it's all it takes is one one idiot to just try and make a name yeah. for themselves. And th there's not just one idiot though. There's always a bunch of idiots that are trying to do that. And you got to deal with it. And when times are tough, the team's not playing well, it's, it's bad. And you got to just kind of focus in and it's hard to get as a player there. It's not you you're worried about. There's also 23 of your teammates that you hope that they're just focused on the right things because you can't win in the league when you only have half the guys with the right mindset. So when things go good, you want people to stay, you know, make, making sure they're still focused, not get too high because it does, that happens too. The Leafs are winning the cup. They win three in a row. We're winning the cup. They're playing the parade. Like we hear that all the time, but it's very much like that. So that's the hardest part is keeping everybody, you know, on the same page and have the same focus. And it's hard to do with uh, social media and all that because you can control yourself, but your teammates, you have to trust that they will. And I don't think that ever happens because no one's, you never have 23 guys happy with their ice time or where they're playing or if they're scratch, you're always going to have someone that's, that's not happy. 
So Pat Quinn, how did you get on the right side of that guy? He's such a legend, right? To uh, you talk about all those veteran players that are in the room. Then there's that guy, like yeah. overwhelming for a young guy coming in, I would think. Yeah, he was he was awesome to me. Um, it, it took some time, honestly. And and Keith Acton was the assistant coach there, and and he worked a lot with me. Um, he's the forward coach, so he he worked a lot with me. But it it you just have to get your coach to trust. It's just, it's no different. If your coach doesn't trust you, you're not going to play. And when you're a young guy coming in, and you have Pat Quinn who's loves his veterans because he can trust them, and you know we've had coaches here in Calgary that are the same. So as a young kid, you got to gain their trust so those first bunch of games you better be playing the right way and doing things that that help get gain that trust and that's all that was and then he was just a good person too like and he was that, like that to everybody he was always asking about family and um just very personable and and you know guys loved playing for him i don't think he was the, the most you know x's and o's and system wise like you had your system but it was a lot of you know players would have to kind of adjust on, on on their own a bit at times and um but i think uh it worked for him um he had a, a successful career and he's missed but that's why he's a legend so you're the toronto guy we'll talk about the trade to calgary in a moment but we see a lot about you know Tavares with his leafs pajamas <laughs> on and guys want to go back to try i mean you were a toronto guy drafted by the leafs you're playing for the leafs was it everything like it couldn't have been. Like, was it everything you thought it was going to be? Like you think it's a dream come true and this is all I could have ever wanted. What was it? What was your experience as a leaf for a guy from Toronto? It it, it was a dream come true because I was a huge Leafs fan growing up. You know, I had a Doug Gilmore jersey and um, I got to, Dougie was on the team when I played my first game. He was on the, he hurt himself. He came for one game, hurt himself, but he was he was in the yeah. on the team. So uh, it it was a dream come true, like going out and playing at the ACC or Roger, whatever it's called now, Scotia Bank. But like it was, but then it becomes reality. Like the first little bit, and it's like anybody who makes NHL. The first you're on adrenaline. Those first five ten games, this is the coolest thing. But then you're like, okay, like this is my job. Um, what you've always wanted and now you got to make sure you you make the most of it and stay there like a lot of guys come in and play good for five games 10 games it's it's you want to be a guy that can play for a long time and and then you want to win like so um being a leaf was unbelievable and it was hard because we just never had success there when i was there we had the one year and then it was it was always you know 10th place and it was always exciting playing big games and playing Montreal and, you know, the, the rivals. Um, but at the same time, when your team missing the playoffs, it's, uh, it gets frustrating and then it weighs on you and, um, having family around it, you know, my family was great, you know, but you still start hearing things and, and, uh, you just kind of, it just kind of becomes yeah. part of your life. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was a dream come true. And I loved every second of it. And I, at first I was, it was hard to leave, but that's, uh, as soon as someone doesn't want you or trades you, then you're like, <laughs> you get past that pretty quickly and, and you're just focused on what you can now. Hey guys, it's Pinder. Hope you're enjoying our one-on-one with Matt stage. And it's time to dive into our Betway bet of the day, going into the futures market here. And why don't we start with baseball? Spencer Strider has been absolutely sensational for the Atlanta Braves this year. He leads the universe in strikeouts. His number for the NL Cy Young on a really good Atlanta team 
is plus 225. You can more than triple your money. Strider to win the NL Cy Young. I'm all over that one today. For Betway, 19 plus Ontario only. Bet the responsible way. Betway. There you go. That's going to do it. Segment number one with Matt Stage and Rhett and I sitting down with uh, one of the good guys. Part two. Blockbuster trade from Hogtown to Cowtown. His life as a leaf is over. There's some drama on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, no, here there's something about a stampede in Calgary outside of that. The stagers don't have a whole lot of uh, knowledge about what goes on in Calgary, but they're going to learn. And some, in some ways they learn the hard way, but that's coming up in part two. Some ups and downs and the biggest goal of his career comes in the saddle dome details on that all coming up i hope you enjoyed part one tomorrow part two download it watch like subscribe all that sort of thing we'll see you tomorrow on barn burner see you buddies Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.